0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep, and more. School starts back next week, and New South Wales and Victoria say they have a COVID-safe plan in place for returning students and teachers. The idea is that students and staff will use rapid antigen tests supplied by the school or the government twice a week for the first four weeks. At least that's in New South Wales. Parents have been instructed to keep their kids home if they have COVID symptoms, which we all know from two years of experience could be anything from a sniffle to a random cough. I have multiple problems with this, from the fact that my kids hate taking RATs, to the idea that even a small sniffle will mean my kids are missing school again. Gabby Stroud is a writer and former teacher. She's written two books that address the challenges facing teachers in primary schools. She's also a mother of two, so she's got dual perspective on this. Hi, Gabby. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. Thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Now, I'd like to um, uh, for you to take the former teacher hat off for a moment and wearing your mum hat, how do you feel about the current guidelines for returning to school?
1: Uh, it's very difficult for me to talk about anything as either a mum or a teacher. It's a funny thing once you become a teacher and once you become a mum. It's They're part of your identity, you know. Like that would be like saying to you, "Don't think about this as a mum." It's really hard to extricate yourself one from the other. But I did um, think about this and consider this idea. And look, my girls love school. I, I just have to put that out there, almost as a disclaimer. You know, yesterday we went shoe shopping for the the you know the school shoes and the school joggers and you know, the most tedious day of my life, happiest day of the holidays (laughs) for my girls. They just love it. Preparing for school is just, they just love school so much. And even this morning, you know, my eldest daughter just, I'll just try on my uniform, mum, just to check that it still fits, you know, which was, (laughs) I'm glad she did that. But this is the level of enthusiasm in my home for school. So I have to put that out there. And and in saying that, I want my children to return to school. I think school is a great place for our children to be. But how do I feel about the current guidelines for returning to school? I'm so disappointed. I'm just disappointed that it's a plan that has been revealed so late. We we haven't had time to think about it or to get our heads around it. As a parent, I don't feel as though I was consulted in this plan, I'm watching the media and, um, you know, checking my school's website for updates to try and find out what's going on. I'm still really unclear about how this plan is to be enacted and I've just still got so many questions. I mean, I live in a small regional town in New South Wales and, you know, rat tests are sort of something you'd you'd find on the black market, you know. I'm not sure where <laughs> we're going to get these rat tests from. You know, that that's my first question, you know. Like really, you, you, you're going to suddenly produce all these tests? How are they going to be given out to families? What are you going to do about families that are divorced or separated? You know, like just so, so many questions, Siobhan. I have so many questions. And in terms
0: of what you are saying, you know, scrambling to work out what it all means, um, I wrote a post about this on my Facebook account, my public Facebook account. So I had comments from parents and teachers and someone posted on that Facebook account, um, on that post. Sadly, schools find out through public announcements just like everyone else. We receive updated school operation guides 24 to 48 hours later and then have to scramble to put things in place and i'm wondering if that resonates with you and your understanding because i know you have a big community of teachers that follow you online i mm. wonder if you're hearing that sort of thing because of course you know many parents are now looking to their schools saying okay so have you got the rats mm. are you giving them out we're meant to, they're meant to be free they're meant to be available we're meant to do them before our kids go back to school uh it, does that sound familiar to you that teachers are Kind of on the hop and just in the middle of this chaos.
1: Mm, Absolutely, and just as that um, person posted on your Facebook page, that is exactly how schools find out. They they're watching the news each night. They're looking for media releases to figure out what's going to go on next. Sometimes the unions will have a little bit of advance notice, and they can find out through them. But it absolutely always is a scramble and. You know, I've been reading posts where a lot of parents have been saying, what have the ministers been doing? You know, these decisions should have been made. We should have been given more notice. And to those parents, I feel like saying, well, welcome to education. This is what it's always like. It's just that this is a public health issue. The other thing that I know teachers are feeling and you know school communities are feeling it's this whole idea again of schools will fix it you know we'll we'll give these tests to the schools schools will hand them out you know schools will be teachers will be policing you know if a child has a tickle in their throat or a cough or a sniffle and the teacher will make the judgment on that it's such a lot of responsibility a lot of pressure to be putting on teachers whose actual job is the business of learning, teaching and learning, curriculum delivery. You know, we're not here to provide, you know, a health service and yet we're being sort of pushed into that position. I was recently asked to make a comment about this to the ABC News and, you know, I consulted. I've got a small group of um, teachers that I have a chat group with and I always want to hear from them before I go blurting my opinion out in public and I and I asked them, I said, hey, hey, guys, how are you feeling about this, these proposed changes and what it will be? And do you know what? I, I had crickets. There was no reply. And then eventually I, I did the interview and figured it out on myself and did my own reading and research. But when they got back to me, they were all like, sorry, Gab, we have just been crazy busy trying to get our heads around it, trying to have meetings to figure out the logistics of this. You know, they are literally scrambling right now you know, not Mm -hmm. even time to sort of flick a message to someone. They're really busy and under the pump trying to enact this as best they can Teachers like parents, you know, we really do want the best for our kids in this situation. And teachers too, many of them are parents themselves, so they're trying to puzzle it out from that end. And teachers are human too. They're prone to a touch of COVID themselves. So they're trying to think about how are they managing their health and what, you know, where Mm. are they in this picture of, you know, managing a safe return to school? And of course,
0: there are teachers who have underlying health conditions that came mm-hmm. up as well. You know, what are, what's what does this all mean for them? And it's really interesting that you're talking about how that you didn't even hear back from your chat group who are friends mm. that this is just a um a casual request on your part mm. for, for them. Because in that feed, like there are hundreds of comments about this, um, what's going on for schools, but in that feed there were there were some parents saying, you know, my school sent a letter out. They've been really clear about back to school, what's gonna happen one person even said, oh, my grandson's on Zoom now being explained what will happen and then still others going, we've heard crickets from our school, we've heard nothing and kind of really frustrated that their schools haven't done something when Mm. they can see other schools have, which Mm. again seems incredibly unfair given um, perhaps it's down to resourcing, do you think, that some schools have been able to come up with
1: a plan so quickly? Absolutely, it it comes down to resourcing, it comes down to things like, and I'm going to be somewhat political here, but just the over-governance of our schools, you know, that, that one state is doing one thing, another state is doing another thing, you know, that alone, it, it creates discord and then multiply that discord out amongst all the schools within that state. You know, we have a national curriculum and we have national teaching standards and yet so much of the decision-making is school-to-school. And it just seems crazy to me because COVID doesn't sort of um, get to a border and go, oh, hold on a moment, that's Queensland, so, you know, we won't travel over here, you know, this Mm. virus won't move into that state. I think what people are experiencing now, what parents are seeing and what the wider community is seeing is, you know, so many of the issues in education are being brought to light because of COVID, you know, this um, sort of disorganisation and this lack of unity that happens within our schools, um, you know, and part of that is because we have our independent schools, we have our private schools and we have our public schools and each of them are resourced very differently. And yet at the end of the day, our schools are for our children and all our children deserve the same and the best, you know, And, and that's really important and that's a huge issue in education. It seems such a shame to start the school year this way and
0: I feel for the students, of course, my son's going into year two, so he hasn't had Mm. a normal year at school yet. Um, Mm. But I kind of, they're kids, they're reasonably resilient and they have had holidays where they've been able to see their friends. But when I think about the teachers going into this year, some of the teachers I spoke to at my primary school were given such a hard time from parents last year that they said they'd considered quitting. And that really frightens me because, and makes me feel sad, but it didn't seem like we were in a good place with our teaching staff before the COVID pandemic. So if Mm. parents are giving teachers a hard time now going into what is the third year of teachers Mm. having to deal with all um, all these directions from the government and the fears for their own health and trying to look after their kids, it seems like a pretty grim way to start the year for them.
1: Yeah, look... Teachers are feeling incredibly anxious. It's, you know, just as our kids and and as parents are feeling sort of traumatised by COVID, teachers are too. You know, they've been, like all of us, asked to pivot and swivel and adjust and adapt and new normals and, you know, teaching is an incredibly complex and challenging job under normal circumstances. So, you know, this has been really tough on teachers I'm always aware that people have this sort of idea that teachers are just such whinges. And, you know, I don't, I really don't want to play into that. What I would like audiences to understand is that, you know, when you're getting cross at teachers and even at schools for their disorganisation or for their lack of clarity or for how they're um, playing things out, it's, it's like you're shooting the messenger. Because really what, the the frustration and the traumas that many of us are experiencing as related to school at the moment it's not coming from teachers themselves it's coming from that higher level it's coming from you know the government organisations that should be managing this better and having these things better organised more clarity more support more funding so you know for us to be getting cross at teachers is um it, it is that whole idea of shooting the messenger teachers are only human, they're doing the best they can. And whether it feels like it or not, because I I understand for parents that sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but a teacher really wants the best for their students. That's absolutely what they're always all about. And sometimes as a parent, you can't see or you're not, you don't need to see what's going on behind the scenes. But there's often a lot of stuff there that teachers are sort of trying to Um, you know protect you from or protect other students from they're trying to make it a successful place for every student that's in their care Mm. teachers are feeling incredibly vulnerable and incredibly anxious at the moment there's a um a study that came out I believe last year that said that two-thirds of teachers are considering leaving the profession. And again, wow. we're going to see an alarming thing play out this year because as teachers get COVID and they will and they're off work, we're not going to have the the staff there to replace them. And and you know that's alarming. I've talked many times about attrition of teachers in Australia and we should be really concerned because they're just not going into the profession and they're not staying in the profession. And, you know, that's a problem and we need to look at that and say, well, why is that? This very incredibly important profession, why are we not retaining these incredible professionals in it? What's going on? And COVID's going to show that, you know, when we see our teachers off because they're unwell and we see there's been talk of... Um, you know, fourth year students at university, you know, so people who haven't even graduated. Um, there's been talk of parents having to come in to supervise. These are things we should be concerned about and alarmed for because, you know, it's school. It, you know, students deserve a qualified teacher in front of them. Mm.
0: Um, and look, finally, have you got any advice on parents, how they could manage this, what will likely be a bumpy start, back Mm. to school, slightly less bumpy? Mm.
1: The first thing that I'd like any parent listening to consider is that parents are so powerful in terms of their ability to make change. And so, you know, if this conversation and the issues that are happening right now are sort of stirring something within you, it is time to get political and to sort of look and think about how would I cast my vote? Who would I speak to if I genuinely want change here? And it's not teachers and it's not principals. You know, we need to sort of go beyond that. And it will ultimately be parents that will end up making these changes that are much needed to education. So that's sort of grassroots movement. So I'd encourage parents to think about that, even though we're all feeling overwhelmed. But, you know, if not now, when? When are we going to make these changes? But in terms of just looking at our beautiful little ones who we love, our little children, I would encourage parents to remember you are the first and lifelong teacher of your child. So if you think that, you know what, your kids might need a little delayed start to school, that's your prerogative. That is your right to decide. You know, if you'd like to wait until your child is double vaccinated, you should do that. This is your decision to make. You are your child's primary caregiver. You are their first and lifelong educator And, you know, if you think, you know what, maybe we're going to delay a start to school for this little one in kindergarten or prep, that's completely up to you. You know, I don't want parents to feel as though they're being bullied by schools. Um, You know, you you need to do the right, make the right decision for your family. And the other thing that I'd really like to impress upon parents is that what our children are learning right now, the most important thing that they're learning over these important years is how we cope in an emergency how we cope under stress how we cope in a really difficult situation and our kids are looking to us and soaking it up like sponges so if we go into panic mode if we become aggressive if we become stressed and argumentative that's what they're going to pick up on that you know stressful situations mean we we go in and we fight and we you know become combative and we and we fall to pieces or whatever but if our kids are looking at us and seeing an adult who considers information, who makes careful choices, who talks it over with them in an age appropriate way, then they're going to learn that, you know, adversity does come up and it can be challenging and difficult, but, you know, we can get through it and we and we can manage and we can be humane and kind in the way that we do that. So in terms of practical suggestions on making it less bumpy, you know, I've sort of gone big on that with the whole you know my advice there but you know I think that um if we just sort of get into that perspective of being the first and lifelong educator having that political agency and remembering what our kids are really learning right now I think that you know parents you'll know then what what are the right things to do to make this potentially bumpy start as smooth as it can be. Gabby thank you as always for your wonderful
0: advice thanks for chatting with us today. It is my pleasure. That's Gabby Stroud. She's a writer and author and former teacher. Her two books addressing life as a teacher are Teacher and Dear Parents. And you can find out more about Gabby at her website. I'll put links in the notes. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove.com at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.